until we begin to see the implication of the works of the cross and I mean how it affected us in particular but we never appreciate it no patient appreciates the prescription of the doctor until he badly needs what the doctor recommends Jesus in his own words said it this way a man that is old needs no physician that is one that is elderly sees no reason to appreciate God for his health until maybe because of certain health conditions he experiences pains and the rigor of going to see the doctor okay so in the same vein we cannot see the work of Christ especially where redemption is concerned and its implications except the holy ghost helps us see it and that's why Jesus Christ said when the holy ghost come he has to convince the world of sin so sin is so unperceived by the natural mind that it takes the holy ghost to unveil the effect of it <laughs> and until you see the effect of it you will never desire god in fact just as a patient we never see the need of a doctor until his health keeps failing and he is being confronted with death in the same way until a sinner by the grace of god is made to see the spiritual implications of sin he will never turn to god for help and the only place one seeks that is by the works of the holy ghost and as well as preachers we can't just you know read the scriptures and they want to read the bible at people in order to to change their opinions or change their lifestyle you know what is wrong with mankind is not the lifestyle it's not morals the problem of human race is not morals. It's not value system. It's not religion. It's not politics. It's not economic failure. It's not even intelligence. Because if that were to be the problems, um, philosophers in the caliber of Socrates, in the caliber of Descartes, in the caliber of, um, uh, what was it called, Aristotle, Plato, and the host of them would have changed the world. pathetic to say 400 years after those guys lived and lived apostle paul still went to athens and the whole place is taken over by idolatry and paul said look guys the god you have not known today i'm going to avail it so nobody appreciates the works of the cross especially the atonement of christ except he's able to see by the grace of god how that has affected him or has affected him We are rest in this generation that we don't see anything to bless God for, but for the mundane. Ask an average church goer to bless God. He wants to bless God for provision. And that is good. It's not bad to do that. He wants to bless God for protection. That is good, of course. But you know, as believers, these are not the things we 
receive from God alone. There are other vital things Apostle Paul calls our inheritance. Oh, glory be to God forevermore. We receive in God that which an ordinary person cannot receive. So there is much provisions, much love, much affection, much kindness put in place, invested for humanity in Christ. But why then are the whole world turned upside down? Why is the world full of chaos? Why had mankind not repented of their sins despite the goodness of God? The fact is that what we call the goodness of God is not even goodness to them by themselves. And that reminds me of the story shared by Billy Graham. He said when they completed our studies at the college, those days in America, there used to be this his friend that uh, used to be a very vibrant believer with him. Until one day, I mean, it, it, it happened to be during the time of um, Second World War, that would be 1940, 1942, 1940 to 1945, we're in that region of 48, when there was Second World War. And one day they sat maybe in the cinema and they began to, to see the wreckage of war in the in the in 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 the in the in the Europe, Europe then, especially in the Soviet Union, and in German. And his friend concluded that there is no God, and there is no God's love. Because if God is really loving, as the theology of the scriptures have taught, He should have stopped all the problems in the world. But I wish that fellow reads Apostle Paul's thesis to the Roman Christians, where he wrote in Romans chapter one explaining to the Roman Christians the cause of the calamities in the world. And check it, brother. We are not just talking about the calamities in the world, such as pains, regret, untimely death, deception, poverty, humiliation, rape, immoralities, and all kinds of evil. But that as much as these problems had wrecked the world for the 7,000 years it has existed, God had also put a cure in place. So the Bible is a disclosure of who the Father is and what He wants from us. You know, I was telling um, a fellow Christian years ago how that God is not an angry God. You know, he said, no, God is an angry God because he's always seen ang- angry with people. And in the course of getting angry with people, he kills people. I said, that's not my God. God judges no one until he has warned. And I don't think you can conclude that somebody who had given you a good grant to repent of your, of your, of your trespasses as it were, or, or your, your stupidity, and you fail to repent, and that person, that fellow comes to judge you, you conclude that such one is not good. What am I driving at? A sinful fact. Apostle Paul's thesis in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is interesting. All. And I like what he wrote in Romans chapter 3. He said that both Jews and the Greek, you know, of course, when he mentioned the Jew, he's talking about a class whom God chose to be a sample of his glory, whom God chose to reveal his nature to. He said, in fact, even the Jews whom God had chosen by election, they are still under this spiritual problem called sin. And sin is so serious in that everyone can be under it and you don't realize it. You know a man can be there organized. In fact, before he even goes for, for, for a test, 
by the malfunctioning and deterioration of his head. He knows that something is wrong with him. And as such, he begins to seek the attention of doctors. That's the nature of man's health. When you begin to feel weak on the inside, you begin to have incessant cold, or you begin to have certain symptoms in your body, you want to see the doctor. And that is pretty enough. That when your body is sick, you know when you need to attend to it. But the problem is that when the spirit of a man is dead, he does not even realize it. And until the light of God beams in the spirit, he will not realize it for a lifetime. And that was what Jesus was saying in John chapter 14. He said that when the Holy Ghost come, John chapter 15 rather, he said he will convince. Now the word convince there is the Greek word pistus. And the word pistus actually means to believe for. Another related word is the word peace to whose, which means to agree. In other words, one of the reasons why people in the world have not realized the adversity of sin and how is wrecking and short circuiting their life is because they have not maintained the same perception of what sin is with God. And what is God saying? All I've seen and come short. Now, the word come short there means to fall standard or to be disqualified of. So, mankind was disqualified of an intention, of a program. And the only way to ameliorate, to ameliorate it is the works of the cross. So, I want to show you very quickly, uh, which I will be able to do an exact Jesus, but there's no time for exact Jesus. Maybe some other time. I just want to keep this thoughts, then share with you. Then maybe subsequently, and I would... Um, Expound. You know, in the previous recording, I made known to you how that Christ is the offering. And I was explaining what the offering meant as we have in the book of Leviticus, that which God requires that mankind will offer in order for him to be pleased with man. In other words, man's separation from God is on the basis of his inability to connect on God's terms. Actually, you know, <clears throat> Oftentimes, we've spoken about how that Adam fell and he lost the authority God gave to him. But the Holy Ghost recently began to tell me that what Adam lost in the garden was not just an authority. He lost a life. And that life is called Zoe, the God kind of life. A certain way of living. A certain mental attitude. So when God called Abraham... He called Abraham because he wants to reinvest, he wants to put, he wants to, re, to reinstate him into that which Adam lost and nobody had been able by himself to walk into. So when he called Moses, 400 years after, you know, the, the, the time period between Moses and, the, and, and Abraham was 400 years. God told Abraham, he said, 400 years, your children are going to suffer in the, in the strange land, and I will bring them back. So 400 after that prophecy, we saw Moses. God sent him back to Egypt where he ran years ago, 40 years anyway, earlier. And after the whole institution, uh, you know the story, Pharaoh allowed them to go. Then when they came to Sinai, God began to show himself for the first time to Moses. This is not just an encounter. Moses' encounter is documented in Exodus chapter 3. But now subsequently, what Moses had is a disclosure of God. And that is why I tell you, in the gospel of Jesus, we speak of who the Father is. 
Because until we can see who the Father is, we cannot be who He is. And God's intention for mankind is that we will be like His. Glory be to God forevermore. That is exciting. And as emphatic, the first book of the Bible, the first chapter, verse 26, told us that mankind suffers lost. Um, I mean, suffer self-esteem because it, 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 mankind had lifted his attention from God. How do I know that? Genesis 1, 26, let us make man in our own image, God proposed. And verse 26, God said that proposition, the scripture said that proposition was fulfilled. In that God eventually made man in his own image. And you know what is the most amazing of that scripture? Not just the image of God. The Bible says that he made him even after his own likeness. In other words, mankind was made not just in the countenance, like I've explained in some of some of my recordings to you, that you know, man was not just made in the image, and I mean in the physical structure or in the physiological order of, of, of God. But when the scripture says that man was made in the image, the Hebrew word image means a representation, one who stands for. And that's not all what that scripture meant because it also told us that man was made in God's image and after his likeness, that is, he is carrying his DNA. So the original intention of creation is that God intends to duplicate himself in mankind. So when Adam fell, he lost that duplication. He could not connect with God. The same apostle Paul was saying in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned, that is, all fell from God's original intention and they could not match up with who the Father is. And that was why when God called Abraham, he promised him a nation. He fulfilled that prophecy in Jacob and made Jacob Israel. 400 years, they have multiplied into a million. Then God called them out of Egypt. Now, when they got to Sinai, God began to speak with Moses. God revealed his plan to Moses. And God told Moses, Moses, I want you to build an ark where I can dwell. Moses completed that ark. Meanwhile, all the while, when God caught Moses, it seems that God's revelation of himself to mankind, I mean, God's willingness to explain himself, to disclose himself to mankind, seems to be a Moses thing, or the Levi's things, or the things of the elders. Because in, in Exodus chapter 20, um, 25, we read how that Moses had to take 70 elders to him to the mountain. And those elders came back to tell the Jews that they saw the God of Abraham. So it was as though God's revelation of himself was an exclusive thing. And how pathetic that today's, in today's congregation we carry that, man, that mindset. We begin to say, you are, you are MOG, you will not be a man of God like you. It's an erroneous view. You are just only denying yourself of God's provision. I like Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings according to how he chose us in himself before the foundation of the world. Interesting. Interesting scriptures. In other words, I was part of God's program even before Adam came into view. Adam happens to be the first expression, but when Adam was made, Hebrews chapter, chapter, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, and the, the writer of the books of Hebrews made us to realize that Adam was carrying the generations of mankind. So when Adam was made, I was in Adam in the garden, so all the provisions meant for Adam was meant for me. 
So God is the God of the whole world. Is your God? So you must seek to know Him. But then I want to explain as a Randolph what Apostle Paul meant when he said that all man falls short of God's glory. In Ephesians chapter verse seventeen, he calls God the God of glory. And to take this study further, I think we may need to look at the meaning of the word glory. Actually, the word glory from the Greek word or the Greek lexicon is the word doxa. Now, in the Hebrew lexicon, it means the word shekinah. And you know, sometimes it can also be rendered as the word kadosh or kodosh. Now, those words are used to quantify the value, the worth of a person. So, when Apostle Paul said man sinned and fall short of God's glory, he meant that man sinned and cannot partake of God's kadosh, God's doxa, God's shekinah. In other words, doxa means the provisions of God. That is interesting. So, suffering is an indication of a restraint. Which, is in, which, which has been reinstated in Christ. Why am I doing this teaching this night? I want to show you a scripture in Leviticus. And that's why I'm doing this. And over time, you know, my discourse has been how we can know the Father. Because the Father wants us to know Him. And I've told you the Bible was written so that you can know the Father. But if your Bible is closed, you can't know Him. Meanwhile, reading the Bible out of the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is still calamitous. So let me quickly show you that scriptures as a Randolph. I will call it the condition of having encounters with God or the greatest blessing. Because this thing I want to show you is not what you will long to have someday. It's what I've been accomplished, it's what I've been put in your account. That is amazing. And I've told people, even preachers like myself, that look, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about begging God to do things. It is about seeing what God had put in place for me. There is an investment in place. He will not do it. He had done it. But I am caught short of this provision because of the spiritual problem caused sin. And I told you, except the Holy Ghost made you to see it, you will never value it. All man falls short of that glory. I like John chapter 1 verse 18. Apostle John said nobody has seen the Father at any time. That is amazing. Nobody knows God at any time. Romans chapter 3. Um, no one seek God. No, not one. But then in that scripture in, in, in John chapter 1 verse 18. It says no one has seen God at any time. But his only begotten son. Now the word begotten there is the Greek word monogene. Or ageneho. Which means a man that has the DNA of his father. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. The only one that came out of, it also means to spring out of, has come to reveal him. So Jesus' death is to be a disclosure of who the Father is. Somebody said if Adam had not seen, we would not be walking. That's a lie. Adam was put in the garden to search out eternity. With God. So sin blindfolds the mind of mankind. Second Corinthians chapter 3, chapter 4. Apostle Paul said that if our gospel is it, it is it to those who are perishing, to whom this God had blinded their heart. That is sin. 
spiritual blindness. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Apostle Paul calls it deadness of the spirit. And the only way we can leave that state into the bliss and the provisions of heaven is for us to embrace what Jesus had done. And all that is required is to agree that what he did, he did for me. That's the beginning. That's the end of woes. That does not mean that the day you confess Christ, you become taller, you become slimmer, you become fatter, or your voice changes. You remain your physical self, but something happens to your spirit. There is an enlightenment. First John chapter 1. The light penetrates into the darkness. Now let me show you the scripture. Hmm. It blew me off. And I'm doing this so that you will never take for granted the gift that Christ gave you, forgiveness of sin. How many people are there who had committed suicide? How many people are there who have been so who, who, who have been so dejected, who are so depressed? They have no hope. They are oppressed of the devil. They are confused of the moment. They've lost restraint because they carry the guilt and the pains and 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 and, 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 and the, the, the errors of the past. Meanwhile, they can bring that pains to the cross. I don't care what your life had been in the past. Christ paid the price for you. All you need to do is that when Christ hanged on the cross, he hanged for you. And that bear your pains. Okay, I can't do a suggestion. Let me round off. I just want to show you something. Maybe I will continue later. Also, now this is God instituting a lot. I have to do a suggestion, but there's no time. I have to explain the background of the scriptures I'm sharing. And that's how we pray. That's how we preach. We don't just read the scriptures. We explain the background of what we are saying. So you can know the discussion of God. Now, God has eventually constituted a nation in the nation called Israel. And God begins to show them who he is and how they ought to behave. And that's why I told you that the scripture is about the revelation of God. You know, I've heard Christians saying that, well, we are under grace. The law is passed. The law is no, is no longer relevant. That is, that is speaking on the top of ignorance. When Jesus Christ himself taught from the law, Luke chapter 24, the scripture says he taught them from the law of Moses. So the old institution in the books of Moses is God making amendment for the errors of mankind. Then after God began to unveil himself, we go to Leviticus chapter 9. And yet the father says, if you can embrace the principle of atonement, the amendment I'm putting in place for your sins, you will see me again. So what am I making you to see this evening? That the reason why we have not been able to relate to the father as it were, the reason why we've not been able to see the father as he wanted us to know him, is because of the sin problem. And what is sin? Sin is not fornication amazing sin is not um backbiting okay sin is not um going to the club to drink okay sin is not um sleeping with somebody's wife okay and that's amazing over time we've been taught that is sin sin is not uh, what do you call it uh, drinking it's not you know all of that uh, thinking even your heart all, are, all these are indication of something. You know, when you have headache, okay, your headache is an indication that something's wrong with your system. So all of these are symptoms of something that's wrong with mankind. 
So what is actually sin? Apostle Paul divines for us in Romans chapter 3. Sin is separation of man from God. Hence, why that evil thought can creep in. Hence, you lack the right judgment. But then God put an institution in place to correct that anomaly. And these anomaly have been corrected by the atonement, the sacrifice, who, who happens to be Christ. So Christ is the sacrifice by which forgiveness is obtained. And you know, what I really want to point out from the scriptures I'm showing you in, in a few minutes now is that once that atonement is embraced, God reappears. So I'm showing you this evening how you can know the Father. How you can lay hold on Him. How you can make Him appear to you in your darkness. Maybe you have been so confused of what, of what awaits in the future. Maybe you are tired of the kind of life you are living. Maybe I don't know what that thing is. It could be uh, uh, um, an addiction you are battling with. It could be a manner you are battling with. It could be uh, something that is, uh, that is just destructive. And you've tried all possible means you cannot. There is a living way. Christ is that way. At the moment you acknowledge the provision made for you on the cross, the scripture told us God will reappear. Now let me read from you. I'm in Leviticus chapter 9. I can't do a strategist, but let me just read the scripture. Then I, I close. Also a bull and a ram, a peace offering. I'm reading from New KJV. Hmm. A grain offering. I should have read from, okay, let me read from verse 1. Then I will jump. It came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, take for yourself a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering without blame. And offer them before the Lord. I wish I can explain the scriptures. Moses talking to Aaron. I want to, I want to show you the principle by which a man can get into the presence of God without any sense of guilt or inferiority complex. I want to show you a principle by which you will perpetually have God live in your spirit. I want to show you a principle by which you know that, hey, God lives in me and I am his temple. He said, look, that which we do is to ensure that sin is atoned for. He said, you have got to bring animals. As I then, we are looking at the foreshadow of what Christ did for us. He said, bring burnt offering without blame and offer it on the altar. And that takes me to verse 4. I've got to jump the scripture. Also, a bull and a ram as peace offering. Okay, bring the sin offering, bring the guilt offering, bring the, the, the peace offering to sacrifice with the, before the Lord. And a grain offering mixed with oil, that is, bring atonement, bring something to appease God in form of, of animals, in form of grain. And the next statement blew me off. It says that if you can do this, for today the Lord will appear to you. Ah, that is amazing. That's amazing. So God has been far from these guys. They have grown in darkness for ages. You know, Apostle Paul said that death reigned from Adam to Moses. People have been dying indiscriminately without having a cause or being able to explain the cause of it. Then Moses said, look, God revealed to me the cause of man's death and suffering. It is the fact of sin. If you can atone for that sin, God will reappear. So Adam lost God in the garden, not just the authority. And consequently, he lost God's way of living, which we call the righteousness, the right way to live in. 
And what is the solution to sin problem? Atonement. In the day of Moses in the wilderness, the sins of the people are atoned for by the blood of bulls, by the blood of goats, by the blood of ram. Today, Christ is the living way. So Christ is the means by which there is solution in the world. We cry, why is the world full of pains, full of evil, full of wickedness? Why are there cases of, of untimely death, cases of, 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 um, of accident, cases of chaos, depression, war, pestilence, famine, epidemics? What is God doing? Is God running etta scatter with angels trying to, to cook up, cook up, um, 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 mix up or chemicals or, or come up with, with a vaccine to put an end to epidemics in the world? No, he's not doing that. So what is God doing? He had done what we do. The cure of the problems in the world is in Christ. Moses said, if you will offer this sacrifice, the Lord will appear. Maybe you have been hungry for God. You want to know God more. Why don't you let him deal with the same problem? And what is sin? Separation from God. That habit you are, you, are, you, are, you are battling with, you are still battling with it because you have been separated. And how do you get God on the inside? Just acknowledge that Jesus, I know you died for me. And that is the solution. Well, that is the start way. Because after that, there is a lot of. That is just an entrance into the provision. But that is a good way to start anyways. So Moses said, if you will sacrifice before the Lord for your sins, <laughs> he said, today, that very day you confess. And there's no other sacrifice you can make, Romans chapter 10, but Christ. No other way. Rites, offerings, punctuality, devotion, zeal. You know some people that are just so zealous. They go to church every now and then, but they have not encountered the cross. That's, that's, that's pathetic. Christ is the way. Now, verse 5. So, they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord for the first time. No, no, do not forget in Exodus chapter 20, when God appeared on Mount Sinai, these guys ran away. In fact, they told Moses, they said, look, let him talk to you and we will listen from afar off. But for the first time, when the sin problem was addressed, for the first time, a race of people, a Natos nation, can move close to serve. There is no true service where there is sin. There is no true service. So don't blame God for the disorderliness misalignment, miscoordinations in the world. He had put solution in place, but will not come to him. The congregation can draw near when same problem was addressed. Verse 6, Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do, and the glory of the Lord will appear to you. Amazing! And Moses said to Aaron, go to the offer, or go to the altar, offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people. That is the condition. Oh, I said this thing I'm telling you is a commandment. There must be atonement. The word atonement means to, to, um, um, to make amendment. 
You know, some people think that if they can confess their sins, they will be for, forgiven. No. What makes us say forgiving is not confession. It is acknowledgement of Christ. That's, what makes, that's the fact of the scriptures. Make atonement for yourself and for the people. Offer the offering of, of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord commanded. I will stop there. And after that atonement, what happened? God appeared. Our congregations in their number, in their numbers rather, is dry and empty today because God is empty. Why? Same problem is not addressed. Now, what's the implication of all this I've shown you about atonement? That atonement is necessary for the remission of sin. In the whole testament, the, their sin is remitted. That is, it's, it's taken away for a while. And in and year in and year out, they have got to make amendment, what is called atonement, for the sin to be forgiven. But that when Christ came, we obtained the blessings God flashed to Moses about atonement. Because he entered into the veil and set to the sin problem. So do not let the devil leverage on your, on your ignorance. I ran up by showing you a scripture in, 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 in Ephesians. I want to show you what Christ has done for you and the blessing you have received from God. God is not just trying to bless you. He has blessed you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse, uh, from verse 17 to 21 talks about the fact that we became new creature in God and God as a result is no longer counting sins against sinners. Because he had made Christ to bear the sins. But the condition is to believe these truths. You don't need to condemn yourself. You know, there are people who say, that, I know that I'm bad. I know my character is bad. Though. I know that I am not a good person. I'm hoping that one day I will change. And when I change, I will be serious with God. You are, you, you are ignorant of what Christ has done. God does not want you to change. He wants you to come as you are. You don't come to him in your own terms. You meet him in his own terms. And what is his term? Believe that my son that I gave for you actually suffered on your behalf. And that's the beginning of your change. Now see the scripture. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter number 3, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, I which I can do a suggestion. There's no time. Just as he chose us in himself before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him. I have a lot of things to say here. Yeah. Why atonement? Atonement because the intention of God when he made Adam that Adam should be without sin. You heard it here. He has chosen us. This blessing of sinlessness or righteousness we receive. Because actually righteousness is a gift we receive from God. Lift up your heads, O you get and be lifted up. You have a lasting door that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord great and mighty. Okay, I've jumped the scripture. He said, he said, he said, um, he said, lift up before then. He said, we will go to the hill of the Lord. Uh, he that has a clean hand and a pure heart who has not lifted up his eye, his heart to God. I say he will receive righteousness from the God of Jacob. That's the scripture I want to pick. So righteousness is a gift from the God of Jacob. The ability to live rightly is a gift. And it was okay, you see, a man in the order it should be. The world is not in the order it should be because man had been separated from the, from the life of God that produces righteousness. 
unrighteousness in the sense that man had mixed the gap, has mixed the link. So there is a need for reinstatement and not just reinstatement, the remaking of man. And the remaking of man is by the word of God. James chapter 1 says that he had begotten us. The word begotten is the word monogeny. He made us one with himself by his word. So this word you are hearing is the means by which God changes you. And now, by believing it. This is the creative means by which God changed mankind. So here, Apostle Paul said that he has blessed us with spiritual blessing. And this blessing is a, is, um, is, um, how do I put it? Is God giving us a second chance? Because he said that this blessing is in the same order of what he planned before the fall. That's what I've just read to you. He blessed us with all spiritual blessings, verse 3, in the heavenly places, just as he chose us. That is, this thing we call the gospel of Christ, this thing we call the death of Christ, is an escape from the fall. Ouch! That's amazing. That is interesting. So there is a solution to the problems in the world. Paul calls it the spiritual blessings. And one of those blessings, as I read them because of time, okay, you know, let me jump to verse 7. I can't do a suggestion. I can't explain scriptures in detail. I've got to close now. Verse 7 says that in him we have redemption, hallelujah, through the blood. I have just read from you, to you rather, in Leviticus chapter 9, how that they were to bring grams and to share the blood of the ram by the horn of the, of the altar. And by the blood of that ram, the people are sanctified when the priest sprinkled, sprinkled the blood on them. So without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. In the Old Testament, during the dispensation of the law, the blood had to be shed. And once the blood is shed, Moses said, look on that vat when the blood is shed for your sin, God appears again to you. Did you wonder the scriptures that Christ had come to reveal the Father? And he didn't reveal the Father, he brought the Father in us. Ephesians chapter 2 says that now we are God's oikodom. The word oikodom means God's habitation, the place God lives. Why? Same problem has been settled. Just as the tabernacle of Moses was a dwelling place for, for God, the place where Moses can assess God's voice, in the same way my body becomes the indwelling of the Holy Ghost because Christ is the atonement. How do I know? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. He said, in him, that is in Christ, we have redemption. Hmm. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. That's what I want to, to get. So the forgiveness of sin that was foreshadowed by the killing of rams and bulls and turtle doves is what Christ's death represents. And I like the word we have redemption. Now the word redemption there means to buy back. It means to restore that which was taken away. It means to pay the penalty for. It means to to uh, to to be to to accredit your debt, such that your debt is cancelled. So you don't need to bear the pains of the past. If you are still bearing the pains of the past, because you have not looked to the cross, and I want to tell you that your status has changed. You are in a new environment. 
Because the moment you believe Christ, your life changed really. Your body did not change. Perhaps, maybe those thoughts that used to come still keeps coming, but you have got to know you are a new creature really. And what makes this fat dawns on you is your, your, your resolution to stay by the word of God and keep reading it under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Even when we have redemption, verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 1 says, now actually the Greek word redemption is so um, related with the word salvation. And you know, as a matter of fact, I've taught you that the Greek word for salvation means suteria, which means to save or to bring out of a pit. Or to deliver. The word redemption is the Greek word apolutrosis. And apolutrosis means a releasing effect as a result of payment. Just as um, um, a man needs a bail to be released from the police custody. Except the bail is paid. It cannot be released. Or maybe the case had been taken to the court. Except the court asking to pay some fine or, or acquainted him. He remains in the, in the prison or in the cell as the case may be. Okay. It is the atonement. I mean, I mean the, the bill you pay or the fine you pay or uh, the acquaint or justification declared to you by the judge that makes you to be free from that, um, from that case that should have sent to the prison. In the same way, the word redemption means apolytrosis, which means a releasing effect because somebody paid for your fine. It means deliverance. It means liberation procured by payment. So Christ paid something. He paid by his blood. He bore it up. And it's the love of the Father. This love of the Father. Jesus Christ himself said that there's no love greater than this, that the man should lay down his life. John chapter 3, verse 16 said, God so loved the world he gave. Romans chapter 5, God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. So God's love is not demonstrated because you want a good job. Okay? Stop saying that. Hey, God loves me. That's why I've got I've won this job. What are you talking about? Even Jesus Christ taught us in Matthew chapter 5 that God does not discriminate. He makes his son to shine both on the good and the evil. Meanwhile, he has reserved blessing for those who have turned to him in repentance because of the works of Christ. And what we receive from the works of Christ is that our sins are forgiven. I can walk tall into the presence of God and say, Father, thank you because I received the forgiveness of sin. And that's why any time I have the opportunity to, to, to bless God, I say, Father, thank you because of salvation. My sins is forgiven. I don't know how easy it will be for me to walk in the lows of my errors, my mistake, my sins, my iniquity, my transgressions, my wayward lives. I don't know how, how I would have been able to make amendments, but somebody did that on my behalf. And that is love. That is love. Provision before you think of the need of why don't you embrace this love? That's what we preach in the gospel. That is where, this is where the power of God lies. Apostles said, this is the message that brings God's power to deliver you. This is how God delivers you. Hallelujah. Let's bless God. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Oh, Randa Bokosa, Taya Nemashataya. Oh, Mazindo Korabashataya. We receive redemption by the blood of Jesus. He paid for the sin. Oh, Labakinda Romokaya Dadisa. I'm reconciled by the blood. Oh, it's so fascinating. By the atonement of Christ, God is reinstated. By the atonement of God, I can walk bold into the presence of the Father. 
I can say I've a father without the guilt and pains and, uh, and the regret of the past. I have a future. I have an inheritance. I am adopted. I become God. I become God's habitation. It's oikodo. It's really place. All because somebody paid the price. So how, 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 how tedious is it for you to now say, Father, I receive this. We are not asked for it is there for us. So I obtain it. I obtain it. 